Good evening, everybody. This is Polymaths. We are on episode 19. Uh, we're back again. My name is Chris Frossin. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, it's at Chris Frossin, nice and simple. It's uh, Chris Frossin, everything, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Photography, <laughs> photography website. Yeah, yeah website, chrisfrossin.co.uk, anything like that. Uh, I'm Ashley Callum. I'm also on Twitter, uh, but that's at Calisthenics UK. Uh, on Facebook, as Complete Calisthenics. Um, website, completecalisthenics.com, and loads of other things. Facebook, Ashley Callum. Yeah. Ashley Callum Books. Ashley Callum Writer. Yeah. Ashley Callum Novelist. Ashley yeah, Callum Archer. Not, don't know about the novice. World, world Champion Archer. Professional Tea Maker. <coughs> I think, well, that tea, that tea that you've done is pretty. Yeah, it's because I'm a really, really good cup of tea. I make a really good cup of tea. Right. <laughs> episode 19. We, we need to kind of try and get a little bit more consistency to episodes, but uh, they, I suppose it does make it a bit more special when we do do one. We're about 160 miles, of, miles apart at the moment, aren't we? So yeah, which yeah, seems nothing to Americans, as we uh, kind of no. found out last week. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, what, a three, three and a half, four hour drive? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Probably a bit yeah. more if you're going to go back to Smallborough. Yeah, it's another hour. Probably five. Five hours. Five hours. No, no, it's no, not that much. Four, four and a half at the most. Four and a half. Yeah, four and a half at the most. Um, but so today we've just uh, well, we just got back, haven't we, from doing we a. Well, we had we went out photography shoot because you were doing. Um, you've done your archery. He's done. A, you've done a new ebook, fitness ebook, um, and archery fitness. We paperback as well. It's coming out on. Yeah, it's coming out on paper. Well, we've been we've, we've been shooting for. I'll see anybody that listens. We've been shooting for. A while now, haven't we? It must be archery. A, yeah, yeah, it must be a year or like more than that. More than a year. Yeah, way more. Um, uh, probably a year and two months. Yeah, because it was but around I... this time last year that we kind of started. Started. Well, you picked up your first bow, and I picked up mine about a week later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's probably about a year and two months now. Maybe it is. Yeah. Wow. Feels like longer than that. Fly. So, but yeah, I thought I I, I just realised that there was there were a few articles on sort of strength and fitness training for. To, to try and improve your archery mm, yeah. scores and accuracy and things, um, but I couldn't really see anything. And, and I was, it, but then you know, you watch the guys on TV and stuff, and they're obviously amazing archers, and their skill level is is world class. Yeah. Um, but it's it's one of those things that you know if you're gonna if you're trying to be number one in the world, the best has ever been, and all the rest of it. Even if you're just trying to be be okay at archery and things, it makes sense to train your body so you can pull a, a heavier bow, so you can. Hold it for hold longer, longer, full draw, have a steadier sight picture, and all these other sorts of things that that you that you want to be accurate. Um, so yeah, that's what I thought. Well, it, there needs to be some sort of book or training program. And that's where things. most of most of well, particularly your ideas kind of come from, isn't it? Well, that's not there already. I'm going to write it, or I'm going to create it, or yeah. It's the same with the archery archers MOA thing that we did. It's like, well, there's nothing here that kind of tells us about accuracy. We've no, just kind of no. created. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why this podcast started as well, because. Uh, why not? So, exactly. But uh, yeah, so we, we th- this morning we kind of went out for breakfast, uh, had breakfast before the shoot, and we did our usual thing of doing an hour's worth of a podcast-worthy conversation, <laughs> and eventually said, "Yeah, we'll just not podcast. We'll just, yeah, we'll just record it later on." So uh, yeah, we just got back. Uh, how, how did the shoot go? Uh, you were there. I know. It's really good. I was taking photographs. But how, how did it go? No, yeah, it was really good. Because you came back and you were like, oh my God, I'm knackered. Well, it was... As it you was always do. Hold, holding, I think it was, it was the bow, just holding, because we right. did some bow-specific exercises and, and front cover and things, and just holding the bow. Because um, I, I shoot, for anybody that does, does shoot, I shoot with a um, hinge release. So a lot of the pressure is just on one finger that you're pulling back with. I find um, 
fascinating. Well, not particularly fascinating, but I find the hinge release a really uh, interesting technological uh, or mechanical approach to releasing the string. I can't, yeah, I can't understand that. In terms of, yeah, in terms of, uh, um, oh, as an alternative to the trigger release that yeah. you used to use, I think, I think it's genius. It's well, I mean, because when I first started, trigger releases on a compound bow, well, of course you'd use a trigger release because you pull back and you aim and then you, you choose when you want to yeah, fire. But then you read a bit more and, you th- and then you keep reading that, well, to be very, very accurate, to be really consistent, you, and your brain can't do two conscious things at the same time. So you want to be able to, you want to aim with your conscious mind and you want to release the string with your subconscious mind. Yeah. But well, the only way that can happen is if the release is, is unexpected and is a surprise release, what they call a surprise release. So that's what hinge release allows, is, or a back tension release. It allows a surprise release. You don't know when the arrow's going to go. So you do, it, was, it was really weird as well, because when I was shooting you as well, and, uh, and then you just kind of let it go because you were getting tired or whatever, it made me jump, and I I'm not very jumpy at all, it made me jump when you were releasing. It does, yeah, well that's just what you have to go over. The yeah. first, I don't know how many hundred shots, you know, it, 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 it does, you, know, you get that, well, that, oh, that surprise, <laughs> that, that sort of, you know, if, if you, somebody makes you jump or something, you get that feeling. Um, but after a while you get kind of used to it, and you, you still can't anticipate it, but I, I can... I know I kind of know what angle my hand is going to be at when it's going to fire, so I can kind of ease off a tiny bit and okay, I'm, I'm settling in now, and I then I just keep pulling through, just relax the hand, well, relax the index finger for me anyway, yeah. and, and it just spins around the, the, uh, the, the middle finger, finger, and it just goes. Um, Brilliant. So but it's uh, but your shooting gets your groups just get much much smaller, and I was struggling with a, a thing called target panic. So yeah, I don't anyone, think I don't think we did a um, a podcast when no. we were, so when for we were anyone, doing this. If anyone doesn't know. Target panic is where, um, with a bow, you as soon as that pin falls on the X or the bullseye or whatever, you have you have to shoot. You, you, it's a subconscious reaction, and your finger pulls the trigger, and or well, that, that's one way. That's yeah. that's what I, mean, I opposite, that's what I had. The opposite way is traditional archery as well, where you're you're aiming subconsciously, so you're you're letting your eyes judge the distance and. Letting, yeah. letting your arm kind of feel where it is and the opposite kind of happens with traditional archery with t- target panic whereas you can't release a string yeah yeah you're just, you're just completely like kind of second guessing um all your motor skills and it's not in the right place and you just cannot release a string yeah so it's, it's very strange things. and it was so frustrating because I, I thought right i didn't know anything really much about hinge releases at that point so i thought right i'll try and aim and just keep the draw, keep the bow drawn and have my finger on the trigger, but don't pull the trigger. Just, just try and just try and move the move the sight pin onto the onto the X, then move it off a bit, and then move it back again, and, and so on. Couldn't do it. Wow. Could not do it. I, I, I couldn't get that pin anywhere near the X without pulling the trigger, and I, I was I was willing myself not to do it. Mental. <laughs> so I mean, there, there are obviously a lot of people that shoot with a trigger that don't have yeah. that problem, whatever. But. Um, well, Cam Haynes, I think we we talk about Cam Haynes a lot. I think he's trigger release, isn't he? Yeah, he uses trigger release. Yeah, he's trigger. Um, but they say without it, it's with the trigger release. It is a conscious thought. Pull the trigger. So you can't be as accurate with a, a, a trigger. I mean, that's why no Olympic archer or no no combat archer Olympic. Well, archer, the first time you used target hinge release was when we went out with Jim. We went up to Arden Forest Field Course. Yeah. And you were shooting like Olympic groupings. The groupings was well, insane. The that was yeah, well, yeah, the forty yard, the four, yeah, yeah, the shot maybe four hours like, at forty bang, yards, bang, bang. and it was, it was a very small, yeah, inch, two, two inch, inch group, yeah. yeah. Um, 
So yeah, so I started looking online and I thought, right, maybe hinge releases are the way to go. Um, and any that I looked at were, were quite expensive. You're talking like 100 quid plus maybe for, for a release and stuff. Um, but it just got to the point where I, I was just not enjoying going mm. out and shooting because I, this target panic thing would just take over yeah. and it would just... It just became unenjoyable. Worth to enjoy archery again, hundred quid. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, and I thought, well, then I start. I, I read a bit more into it, and guys were going, um, you know, lots of guys used the hinge release um, for just targeting stuff, and then they would take the trigger out for hunting and things. Um, then I saw a guy say, well, you can make you can make the hinge release fire like a trick. You can make it fire when you want to if you need to make this this shot. But then he was saying, you know, if an animal's moving, you shouldn't really be taking a shot anyway. So yeah, yeah. Um, you should have enough time to use a hinge properly when you when you're hunting. So I thought, right, well, I can, I can don't just have to use it for target. I can use it for hunting as well eventually. Um, so yeah, I just bit the bullet and bought one, and I'm I'm so glad I did, um, because it's it's helped immensely. And now I can just I can just settle on the settle on the on the thing. Just worry about now. I just worry about getting the pin on on where exactly where I want the arrow to go. Because then subconsciously you've... you've yeah, for me it's not, it's not completely, completely subconscious yet, but I, I, I don't, it's still a surprise shot. Yeah. So I'm still pushing the bow forward, I'm still pulling back, I've still got proper muscular tension throughout the shot. And what you, the, the giveaway is, is if your right hand, or if, you're, if your trigger hand flies back and your bow goes forwards, that means you weren't expecting it because you, you're still pushing against it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So when you see the guys obviously with these triggers and, 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 they, and they just press the trigger and their right hand doesn't go anywhere, stays by their face, that's not a surprise shot because if it was, their, ha- their hand would go back. Yeah, because they've got the tension there and that's why. Yeah. Um, now I guess it's, it's just one less thing to worry about when you're hunting you because your you, uh, trigger release can, obviously it's on a wrist strap, so it can, you can, your right hand's free to do whatever. Um, whereas with a, with a hinge release, obviously you've got to hold it in your hand. Uh, there are some that have like a wrist, wrist strap yeah. attached to them, um, so maybe that's what people do. But, um, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, well, that was that was a tiring bit anyway. Got a bit, so that was bit that was tangent, tangent, tiring you out. Yeah, right, just, just, hold, just holding for for so long and, and uh, uh, trying to keep form. So obviously, as you tie, your form just starts to break down. You have to be aware of what you. Did you get all the exercises that you wanted? Got everything. Yeah, yeah we got everything. Didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we've got to get a couple of uh, outdoor type um, bow specific exercise or exercises. Yeah, that was um, the. the it's, it's always uh, see that's one of the things that I quite like about um, stuff like this, uh, and then obviously the the podcast as well because you're bouncing ideas off you, and particularly when we did the calisthenics thing, it was like, well, how about shooting it at this angle because it shows that, and I've got, or I think I've got, um, a good understanding, like a common sense understanding of what an exercise should look like and yeah. the teaching points of it because I've spoken to a lot of PTs, and obviously I know you, and um, done quite a few shoots on the ebooks. So it's quite nice to kind of throw ideas. Well, maybe maybe this one uh, would it be helpful if we had it on this angle as well to show how far apart your feet are, or blah blah blah. blah. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's nice to to do a, a shoot like this with you as well. So. But yeah, we have got there's there's a fair few exercises. I've, I've included weighted exercises and things like that and dumbbell type stuff. A bit more, um, uh, a few more isolation type exercises. Yeah. But that's what you'd want in, a, in an archery. So what group, what yeah. muscle groups are going to be trained for archery? Um, Rumbles, lats. Yeah, I mean the tr- the tricep, especially on the, on the the arm that's pushing the bow forwards. Yeah. Um, also on a you know on a on a hinge release, you want strong enough hands that they're not going to you know your hands aren't going to your fingers aren't going to start to open. You want that to stay solid. Yeah. You know because you need to keep your anchor point. Grip strength as well. 
good strength, yeah. And, and of course, they've got all leg these. strength as well as a big one. So I, I did tons of research. See, that was an inter- yeah, that was an interesting thing you said that leg strength can be kind of. Yeah, the, the study, the, one of the only studies I've done um, trying to relate, uh, well, not trying to relate, seeing if physical fitness related to archery success was uh, prior to the 1984 Olympics, and they found that. Um, the guys that had lower body fat did better. So, so, but you could interpret that as better body composition, like yeah. a higher muscle to, to fat ratio and all the rest of it, um, and uh, leg strength as well. So, I don't know if they, if they, I couldn't find anything on upper body strength, but I mean, the upper body is holding the bow, so there must be some correlation. Um, and yeah, so leg strength. So I've included, you know, squats, weighted squats, weighted lunges, those sorts of things. Um, in there, so a few little core, yeah, core I mean, exercises. Weight of um, squats and lunges and everything like that. It's, it's so good for your lower back as well, and just kind of strengthens yeah. all that. And I've done properly the other, the other basics. Is that there's there's no way that you can improve on them. You know, a, a weighted back squat is weighted back squat. There yeah. isn't a better lower body exercise, really. Yeah. Um, not not for the you know. I mean, if if you're talking about maybe there are if you if you're doing something very specific, but in terms of just building overall strength. Um, and getting that stability there, definitely the best ones. I mean, like you say, I mean, it would have been possible to include hundreds of exercises yeah. and stuff, but... Because I was wondering where you kind of draw the line. And yeah, that's, that's then a hard I'm guessing thing. that's whatever, whatever audience you're kind of aiming it for. Well, yeah, and I thought, you know, archers don't want to spend, you know, 99% of their time, well, 90% of their time in the gym and 10% of their time shooting the bow. They, it wants to be the other way around. Yeah. Well, as much time shooting the bow as possible because that's, that's the fun thing. Yeah. yeah that's why, yeah, that is archery. Um... So obviously you have to try and build a program and, and include exercises that give as much bang for buck as possible. So right, okay, you've got you're going to train five times a week, and they're going to be forty five minute sessions or an hour hour session, and this will make you shooting this much better. You know that's all you'll need to do, or three just, times a yeah, week. Yeah, make you feel better when you're shooting something. Yeah. I mean, they did they did, um, they did it all over the place. If, you, if you're shooting for one percent difference, if you're trying to improve your shooting at for uh, to improve it by 1% or 2%, such small margins, if you can increase other factors like your fitness, then you're going to help increase that 1% because you can, your skill and your technique can only get you so far. Sort of thing. They did a similar thing with snooker years ago, about 10, 10, 15 years ago. All the talented snooker players, they got together and they just did basic ABCs with them. So they're like sprinting around a tennis court and picking up tennis balls. Um, and um, that just helps them on... The snooker table. So I think it's three out of those people who went and did the ABCs with them when they were like 14, 15, 16 and kind of got them through a, a fitness routine then. The three of them are now world champions because they're in a better state but bodily and mentally when they're on the table then because yeah. their fitness is better. Yeah, I mean, it all affects it because it, yeah. uh, I've, I've tried not to make it just a, a fitness book. I've tried to include quite a lot of uh, stuff about, um, you know, Obviously, why it's important because you can shoot a heavier, heavier poundage bow, which yeah. means the arrows which travel is the, faster. Yeah, that's the obvious one. Obviously, if you're hunting, it's much better because you've got more kinetic energy, much more, you know, more success. If you're target archery, the arrow gets there quicker, which means there's less time for it to be deflected by wind or any other other, other sorts of factors. Um, it means you can hold a heavier bow. Yeah. So if you've got if you've got you know a bow that weighs an ounce <laughs> and a bow that weighs ten pounds. The, obviously, the bow that weighs ten pounds is going to be a lot harder to hold up, but yeah. it's going to be much more inherently stable, yeah. much more, yeah. because you, 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 it requires much more force to torque the bow and, and all the rest of it. Um, obviously, you can hold longer at full draw. You'd be able to go on a hunting trip and still have enough energy to, to pack the animal out or whatever. If you're doing a three D hunt, 
uh, sorry, a 3D shoot, you'd be able to obviously walk places, be able to stand on on uh, you know uneven ground yeah. with a lot more stable because you've got yeah. stronger legs. So uh, there's no real, there's no real downsides to, to physical training for archery, I and mean, they're all pluses. Mm. Um, obviously, the the difficulty comes in. Okay, how much time do I devote to that? And yeah, and then that would be got, different for everyone. You've obviously got all the, the the kind of high high profile um, hunters like Cameron Haynes and Sarah Bomar who are doing all the fitness and making such a big deal out of the fitnessing as well because it's, yeah. it's really important to them to be at their best when they're out hunting and their success. I mean, yeah. speaks volumes. It's not it's not it's not often not by you hear. Exactly, yeah. It's yeah, not often you hear, say, Cameron yeah. Haynes, that, that it's, that, oh, I, I wasn't successful in the service. Yeah, so, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, he always fills his tags. Yeah. Things, so. The harder um, I train, the luckier I get. So, yeah, so that, yeah, that was the thought process for, for that book. So we'll get on that, that one out, hopefully, before Christmas. Does that be a Christmas um, release, do you think? Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've got a... Uh, no pressure with the photos, then? <laughs> no, no. I'll get them to you. No, there, weren't, there weren't too many, were there? No, I'll get them to you next week, it's my problem. Yeah. Yeah, so... I've ordered the. I mean, the create space, the, the thing that you you know you can use for um, your paperback proofs uh, or paperback um, publishing. They they offer a, a service where you can send off for an actual proper paperback proof. Yeah, so just a, like a little test cover. Uh, obviously, there's no pictures in there yet, but it just allows me to read through it and correct it and format it and just see how um, the size of the book. So I think I picked a seven by ten. Which is not A4 size. It's smaller than that, but it's kind of like bigger than a, uh, you know, like a five it's by kind six. Of smaller than squat, by the sounds of it. No, no, it, it, it's it's a nice it's a nice shape. It's okay. a nice size. Yeah, um, I, I I drew it out on a piece of A4 paper, and it's it's nice. It's so I thought an A4 will be too big. It'll be too sparse and too thin. And the little notebook it's, size is just a tiny bit. Yeah, too it's small, a bit too small. Yeah. I want the pictures to be big enough so you can see all the detail, but it's small enough to chuck in an archery bag or yeah. take to the gym or whatever. Fantastic, uh, perfect. So I really wanted to do another. Another paperback because it's nice. Just it's nice doing ebooks, but with a paperback you can there's, there's free reign with the formatting and you can design it. Whereas the ebook you have to it has to be really strict. Yeah. How you many of your books that you got out that would you release as a paperback? Uh, How many do you think would? I don't know really. Some of them aren't really long enough. I mean, this is about twenty five thousand words or so. And what are the other probably ones? longer than that. Actually. Sorry. What are the other ones like? So like the leg training one of the kettlebell. Uh, they're probably just like twelve to there. fifteen maybe okay. something like that. So not. Not crazy amounts, um, but it's, uh, I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of text in this one, just describing why it's a good idea and how to progress and, and what these things are done yeah. for, and, yeah. um, and those sorts of things. Um, also, the guitar books that we're doing will will um, yeah, we're 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 doing huge, right? paperback as well. Yeah, yeah. I'll do those April size. So the, the the one that contains everything could be but yeah, could that's be a bit more because I mean, yeah. if, if you're learning your guitar or if you're learning the piano or the violin or anything, you've got a textbook or a, a yeah. music book, and they are A4. So I, think. I mean, that will be that will be in stages. So the the, the big book that we're hoping to uh, bring out will contain all the information that we'll we'll put out. Uh, accompanying videos will be on the on the website or whichever sort of service we decide to use. Um, Cool. And then, um, yeah, I mean, that could be, I don't know how many pages, four, five hundred, six hundred pages or something. But anyway, it'll still be very concise. It's just we want to try and get as much, give as many examples as possible. Because um, I was writing a bit the other day about uh, there's certain exercises for guitar. Say you want to try and practice um, going from a lower string on a, on, a, on a downstroke where you're moving the pick down. And then the next string has got to be is another string higher, and it's got to be an upstroke because you're doing strict alternate picking. So yep. pick down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Up. Um, that's a that's a very specific exercise, and there's lots of little movements you can do, but just picking, doing a down, pick up, pick down, pick up, pick. Um, 
but it's just trying to give as many examples as possible so the player doesn't get bored because to master these things, to get as good as, say, Paul Gilbert at alternate picking, you're going to need to do things hundreds and thousands of times. There's, there's no other way around it. Yeah. You need to re- do these things. There's no repetition. There are no, absolutely no, no shortcuts. shortcuts. And this is the thing. I, I've, I've also wrote another, another section on um, how... Um, what you, when you see, say, like Joe Satriani or Steve Weil, your favourite guitar player, Slash or Gary Moore or whatever... You, when you see them play live or playing, playing a song or playing a video or something you don't see the hundreds or thousands of hours that they've yeah, yeah. practised you don't see that you just see the finished product and you think and then you try and play what they play and you can't you think oh well maybe I'll never do it how, how do they do it well they practice for hours and hours and hours yeah. you know so that was important same, same for us, that's important for us to get across as well because we, we you have to be realistic you can't go I didn't want to bring out a book that says yeah you can play guitar in like a week you can't. You can pick up a few things. Well, yeah, of course you could. You could pick up a few things an hour. But in terms of mastering the instrument and, and really knowing a way around a fretboard and being able to improvise correctly and use pick the right notes and make it sound interesting and, and have your technique really, really there, it's going to take a long time, you know. Um, so there's lots of stuff like that in there. So that's why it will be, and loads and loads of exercises, so that's why it will be so so big. Um, and we're going to try and cover, you know, rhythm guitar, lead guitar, songwriting, Theory, improvisation, all, all, this, all this sort of stuff. Um, there's the same, the same sort of mindset with the Kalasenks book. You know, I want me and Tom both wanted to come out with a, a system that would replace the grading system they use now, because he says his students much prefer the way he teaches than if they go to the grading system because it's boring. Yeah, it doesn't really teach them. It doesn't teach them stuff that they want to necessarily play. So, grading system at the moment is. I really, no, I'm really not so sure how, how it goes. But roughly, but it's like grade one, can you play a scale? Or grade two, play, you play this sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, we wanted to make sure that every single everything that the, the player learned or the reader learned was uh, yeah. they were able to apply it to a musical situation straight away. So you know, okay, you learn a scale in a box pattern, of course, yeah. But well, there's other ways to learn the scale rather than just playing the box pattern. Okay. And those other ways may bring out musical. They sound a lot more musical straight away. You know, so if you <clears throat> play like a a minor pentatonic scale yep. would be fret five on the low E string, fret eight on you the low E string. Just <laughs> there. Come fret, fret five on, on the um, A string, fret seven on the A string, fret five on the D string. Yeah, go get seven. guitar because I'm, I'm struggling with it. Basically, just, it's like a box pattern. Okay. So normally you, you play you know, index finger, um, pinky, index middle, uh, sorry, index ring, index ring, index ring, that, that sort of pattern. Okay. So that's fine, but then the, the player just will like, go and just play up and down the scale now. And it, then it sounds like a scale, it doesn't sound like music. So we really want to get around, the, around that fact and try and teach the scales in, in okay, we can just slide up to that note and then slide back down with a single finger. Or, or, immediately, that sounds more musical. Okay. You're, still, you're still done oh, fret right, five and okay, fret yeah, eight yeah, on a single yeah. string. Loads of, loads of things like that. So, um, and then obviously you're teaching another technique in there as well. Yeah. We never, we never want to have anything that can't be taken, uh, yeah, applied to a musical situation because no one remembers any guitarists that ju- are just great technical guitarists. I mean, you know, there are amazing technical, like Rusty Cooley is amazing, but I don't remember any song, or I don't remember, really remember anything that he plays. Yeah. Marty Friedman doesn't play as fast, but you remember everything he plays because he, he, he doesn't play up and down scales and stuff, he picks notes. That are, that are sitting in different parts of the fretboard and things and that's obviously what every guitarist wants to be able to do surely you know it's just to be able to play music 
that's just different all the time and interesting people want to hear and people can't guess where it's going to go next and Brilliant. yeah whether you're a rock player or a blues player or a folk player or a metal player or you know whatever type of genre music you play um normally people picking up the guitar want to get better and better and they want to expand their knowledge and you know uh, which is obviously who we're writing the book for yeah yeah uh, you know, we'll see if it's a success it's, it's going to be a lot of work um I think what kind got, of time scale are you talking about that? Or have you not even? I don't know. Um, it's kind of get on with it and see where you are in a couple We're going to be at least. I mean, it's one of those things where Tom's got a mass, a mass of material already, so it'll be um, uh, both of us writing as much as we physically can um, and then just trying to whittle that down to the essentials and make sure it, there's no information that's missed. Make sure there's make sure it's really really progressive. So you can, uh, you, you as soon as you get to the end of stage one, of lead theory whatever, you can go onto the stage two book and pick up exactly where you left off. We don't want there to be any gaps. Yeah. Um, we don't want to teach too much at once because otherwise it just it just becomes overwhelming. Yeah. You know, and then you you know, the players forgets what they they read in stage one and oh. that was one of the things that kind of threw me as well because I I picked up the guitar again last year. As you know, um, mm. and I was told um, that I had to learn bar chords. That was the next thing I had to know. I can't play. I couldn't play a bar chord because my fingers weren't stretched and um, flexible enough to play any. I was like, I've got to, I just can't do. I can't. So every time I had, every time I was picking up a guitar, I was trying to do something that I couldn't do, and I started just just trying to do um, some finger exercises instead, but. Yeah, I ended up kind of throwing bar chords out the window and just playing along with some REM stuff. But mm. yeah, it's it's frustrating. I know exactly exactly where you're kind of coming from. With that. I'm looking forward to being a guinea pig. Yeah. Uh, well, that was another thing. We you know, we we found that um, uh, of all the guitar books and stuff that, that I mean, fretboard, fretboard Logic was one of them. I've, uh, that's kind of like the best-selling guitar book on Amazon. I mean, I got it, and it was kind of like um, I was lost straight away because it. For me, it didn't explain the fundamentals well enough. So for us, the fundamentals were um, pitch. That's like kind of like the basis of sound. What 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 can you? How can you make it as simple as possible? Well, pitch is describes different sounds. So a truck rumbling past is a low pitched sound. Yeah. You know, a woman screaming or whatever, or a child screaming <laughs> is a high pitched sound, or a whistle yeah. is a high pitched sound. Um, baby screaming. <laughs> got baby screaming. Mind. Woman screaming. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, that's that's the basis. Then you're like, right, okay. Well, what pitches have we chosen for Western music? Well, we've chosen twelve different ones, and they're they're A, A sharp, B, C, C sharp, and so on. Then that's that's you know, in, in other forms of music, you got they have different numbers of pitches, and they might not call them. We didn't have to call them A, A sharp. Could have called them anything, but it just so happens that we've called them A, A sharp, and so on. Then, obviously, once you understand that, okay, well, there's 12 possible sounds I can make on a guitar or a piano or anything else. Yeah. Um, well, what's an octave? Well, say A is 220 hertz. So that's the frequency that the string vibrates at or whatever. Well, 440 hertz, which is double that, will be A as well, but it will be an octave higher. Yeah. 110 hertz will also be A, but it will be an octave Same lower point. because it's halved and doubled. So, then, so then, then the person understands, right, I understand the building blocks of sound now, music. Yeah. Surely, you know, know, that, that has every to time be, I pluck a string, I know what I'm doing. Exactly, yeah, that, has to be, that has to be vital. Then um, we thought intervals. So intervals are just the gaps between notes. Yeah. So, you know, the interval between, you know, uh, uh, 
uh, a truck running past is a low low pitch sound, and then that baby crying or a whistle. That that in the gap between those two is an interval. Yeah. So the gap between the note A and say G, for example, that's that's a specific interval. So is the interval between A and A sharp. That's an interval. And all these intervals have different names, and they all have different sounds. So the the Star Wars thing da, da, is is a perfect fifth. Yeah. Yeah, perfect fifth. Yeah. So that's that's a very specific interval. You know, if it was if it was a minor third interval, it'd have a very different minor sad. Is, sound. Minor, is minor third Jaws? No, Jaws would be like minor second. Minor second. Or a single, like a one fret distance. Yeah. So yeah, you, you've got you got all these sort. Of, Happy birthday, I think, is a major second. Da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah. Um, so once you start, once you start to understand that, you start to understand right. Here's how it all comes together now. You know, here, here's okay. So if I want a major sound, I can use a major interval. Or something, you know. Brilliant. Well, so I hope the, everybody else who's listening has had like an aha moment that I just have because I didn't know. Well, we. I kind of, you kind of, you kind of subconsciously know it, but never really understood it. Yeah, I mean, because if you heard a happy piece of music, you could go, you could say to me, "This is a happy, this yeah, is a happy, happy sound." Yeah, I know. I know that's a major minor sad sound. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, you know, if you explain to people, right? Well, it is. It sounds like a, a major sound because they're using intervals that are in the major scale. Yeah. You know. It sounds like a, a sad sound, minor sound, because they're using the that occur in the Brilliant. in the monoscope, you know. So we wanted to we wanted to make sure all the foundations there first before, like you know, like building a house. You know, you need the blueprints there first. You need the foundations. You can't start building the roof first. <laughs> and some of these books that I've read so far, <laughs> you, you, they're, they're talking about what colour tiles you have in and stuff, oh and God. not and not. Right, we need to lay. We need to make sure we dig deep enough. We've got a foundation. That was, a, that was a, a Noddy episode of all things, where Noddy and Big Ears built their house. And Noddy's great idea was, why don't we build a roof first? Because then, when it rains, we won't get wet. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! And living in a pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So yes, yeah, so that was the. I've rambled for a bit then, but um, that was yeah, cool. That was that was our thinking because I, I've. I've I had so many guitar instructional books over the years and stuff, and I'm okay at guitar, but uh, someone like Tom is, is a million times yeah, so, uh, so it's nice having someone like that on on board and and, and projects as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, see, so yeah, I think ideas like that you have to try and look right. What have people done before? What didn't I like about it? Is there anything missing? Well, yeah, there is. You know, we didn't want to do the traditional CD route. Well, can we do? Can we put like a password thing on Vimeo? Yeah, we can. We can put upload videos on Vimeo or YouTube or something, and and have the examples in the book linked to the examples on YouTube, so people can watch like they can sit with their guitar on their yeah. phone and do it. Rather than, I mean, no one has a CD player anymore, yeah. hardly. I mean, people might have them in their laptops, but it, it's just outdated. You know, it, yeah, it's it, all it, it just costs internet. more to produce. It, it, you know, we can just we can make a video, upload it, you know, half an hour later. Just lot, it's just a lot easier, you know. And if somebody's asking a very specific question and, and you know they don't they don't get it, you can make a video and send it to them. Well, this this is how oh I get it. You can't do that with a CD, you know, because yeah, you have to, you have to yeah. press it, and it's just a lot less um, helpful, you know. I mean, if you've got the internet there and you and people can email you, ask you questions, and you can interact with them, it makes sense to use it for. But for, for what it's for what it's good for, getting stuff out there, getting stuff, you know, because we can talk about stuff or we can do a project, use the internet to distribute it and to answer questions and and clear queries up and things. Not so easy. It's free, isn't it, more or less? Yeah, twenty I mean, quid, twenty quid. Yeah, it's not that much. Everybody's got the internet. You're saying that uh, there was a 
discussion about um, uh, house prices and people struggling to sell houses and one of the top top reasons why, why people couldn't sell a house is because they haven't got an internet connection. It's become the... It's become the oh, right, yeah, like yeah. The, you need water, gas, electricity and internet to be able to sell a house. Yeah, that's, well, that's what I'd look for. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, when we go to Canada and stuff, that's... Uh, but it tends to be a bit... Because they have a few more remote people, they tend to have... Most places come in there or they have, yeah. you know... Um, even if they're proper... I mean, the place we stayed at in Vernon, they had well water, and they were off sort of off the grid. I mean, they had their power coming up, but they weren't on sort of mains water or anything. Yeah. Um, but their internet was... I mean, they streamed Netflix and stuff, and... It's fine, yeah, that's yeah. where you can get it from. Yeah, it's become yeah. the fourth America, isn't it? Yeah. Especially there's a lot of people who rely on the internet for employment or just uh, just for information. Well, if just imagine don't. what happened. I mean, it, it, happened, it happened here. The internet went off uh, for half a day and I was in the middle of uploading some photographs to a magazine. I couldn't do it. But you, you, straight away, you, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, I'll just email, talk, well, I can't email, talk, talk. <laughs> I'll, yeah. Twitter, I can't even Twitter them. Well, what can I do? So, yeah. It's, it's, it's just just Yeah. Yeah. Head down to Starbucks. Any excuse to go and get a chai tea. Quality. Yeah. So, yeah, you've, so we, we, we kind of um, went down to uh, breakfast this morning and kind of had this conversation. And um, one of the things that we were talking about, I can't remember how we got onto it, um, was uh, political views and how, uh, how politics is expressed and talked about by politicians. Well, we thought it seemed to change like 180, like where the... Where the, the values that you thought, at least I thought, the values that you thought the left uh, uh, would espouse are yeah. not what they espouse. It's all gone, it's it's, all gone the opposite way. You know, um, you would have thought they'd be for, I, I mean, I think in ter- sometimes it's in a term of language, like, like say in the UK at the moment, they're obviously talking about like airstrikes against Syria. Well, it's not airstrikes against Syria, at the country. You're not bombing no. the country. I mean, because it doesn't make any, that statement doesn't really make any yeah. sense. What would you bomb them for? Yeah, airstrikes against Syria. Well, that's not what you're yeah, doing. What you're, trying, the, what, the what you're trying to do is stop a civil war escalating any more than it has yeah. to. You're trying to get get. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to kill any more civil. You don't want any more civilians to die from the civil war that's, that's taking place. You don't want Islamic states to have any more any more ground or any more influence or gain any more um, uh, ground. Yeah, la- yeah, landscape gain more ground, and you want the, you want the country to be stable. And this is the thing that's inherently annoying me at the moment about politics worldwide, pretty much, is that the, the, the only, well, I suppose the only person who is transparent about it is Putin. But there's, there's no politi- politicians that are transparent about what they're trying to do and, what they're, and why they're doing it. And all they're doing is they're, they're putting out a statement, we're going to bomb Syria. And then it's up to, well, it's, they're, they're almost leaving it up to the media to then interpret what they've said and then report back and tell the general public why they're doing it. Because it's kind of like... Saying, well, that's that's saying we're going to do air, uh, yeah we're going to start airstrikes in Syria. It's like, well, but for what? That's it's kind of like saying that, um, uh, like if you, yeah, if you, if you live with your husband or wife, or whatever, you say, oh, I'm I'm just going out. Well, what are you going out for? Just going out. I'm just going out. Well, what are you going out Where for? Are you going? Well, I need, I need to go out. You know, you need to say, well, I'm I'm just going out because I need to see the doc- I'm just going to the doctors, or I've got to go pick up the kids from school. Like, you, there needs to be a they need to. Ex- Say the reason. Well, why are you airstriking against Syria? There's got your reason. You can't just go oh, we'll bomb Syria. Well, for what? <laughs> just because you feel like doing it. There needs to be an. There needs to be an objective. Yeah. I mean, you know, no, no one. I don't think any politician in the West is is going to 
he's coming out and saying, oh, we're just going to airstrike Syria because we want to kill some civilians. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Not, yeah. Most, no, pe- the, most people I mean, in the everybody, world... Everybody understands that. Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, they're, 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 not, they're, they're not listening to a political speech by David Cameron and thinking, oh, he's bombing Syria because he doesn't like the farmers there. They yeah. know that it's all about the ISIS threat and trying to, trying to push back and everything like that, but why <laughs> I just don't understand why and it spreads further than just bombing Syria and, and taking back Iraq and all this like it goes further than that into um, the what was it you're talking about um, George Osborne yeah it? George Osborne and the um, oh god why's my mind gone what like, a, like national debt and stuff well the national debt and, yeah. the, and the, the finance budget, budget and that's it the budget yeah so coming out and saying We've not cut taxes, uh, but we're going to do this. We're going to we're going to raise raise it. We're going, we're, we're not cutting t- uh, the taxes here, but we're going to raise taxes over here. So well, why? I mean, everybody, surely everybody can understand that most countries are in debt to the rest of the world. I mean, we've got ten billion pounds worth of debt, which is fifteen, sixteen million billion dollars or something. But we, everybody knows that. So to try and get that down, he's going to have to put taxes up somewhere. Or make cutbacks somewhere. Or he's going to have to make cutbacks somewhere else so to, kind of, to, to get that money back. But rather than coming out and saying, well, this is the situation. We've got £10 billion worth that we need to find back. We want to keep education as a strong standing point because that's, where, that's what's going to help our genera- the next generation coming through. So we need them in a good state. Therefore, we're going to put a bit of tax on this. We're going to take a little bit of tax yeah. off that. In the long run, it's going to be for the best. Rather than coming out and saying, we're not taxing this, we're going to tax that instead. And then letting the media go, oh my God, he's taxing the NHS yeah. and cutting back on the NHS. Well, but we came, need money in the NHS. Came, if he came out and said, right, if they're just plain talking, right, we're, 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 as a country, we're ten billion pounds in debt. We obviously need to you know, claw some of this deficit back. Yeah. So, in order to do that, we have to either raise taxes or, or raise more money through taxes or whatever. We understand. Else. We understand or that the people make, make cutbacks got... so we're not spending as much tax. You know, if we, yeah. we keep the tax uh, income at the same, the same level, we have to make cutbacks. I mean, people understand this. That's simple. Yeah. A five-year-old could understand that. Yeah. You know. We understand that if you have 18 children, we're cutting child allowance. We understand that those families with 18 children are going to be worse off. I'm yeah. sorry, but we're trying to do the NHS. We're trying to get money back into education, or we're trying to get money back into the road system. This is for the better, the, the greater good, yeah. for the sake of argument. If you've got 18 children, be responsible about it and earn some more money. We can't keep supporting 18 children for you, for, for example's sake. Yeah, yeah. But it's... When and also, if a politician was like that, would he even be very popular? So oh, I'd if, vote for someone like that because I'd be like, well, here's a guy that knows what the problems are. Exactly. Mostly that, like, like you were talking about the uh, Jeff Bridges scene. Out of I can't remember what it was. Was, was, it, was it on a film? Was it like a series like West Wing or something like that? Oh, it might have been. Yeah. It might have been a series actually. Well, House of it wasn't House of Cards. It wasn't House of Cards, yeah. no, because that was. Um, Sorry, if anybody's seen it, if well, anybody's seen it, yeah. As usual, we're completely unprepared and don't know what this scene was from. So Jeff Bridges did a scene where he was at a political debate and he was asked by a university student. Or there were three people there and they were all asked, "What makes America great?" And the first one says, freedom! And everybody goes, yay, round of applause. And the other one said, education or something. And they're like, yeah. And then Jeff Bridges comes in and says, nothing. We're, we're not great. 
And like the room goes silent, and he goes through all the things. Like we're we're tenth in the world in education. We've got the most obese people. We've got this. We've got that. We've got that. We're not great, but we need to be great. We need to get back to being great. So we need to do this, 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 this. Surely that is going to be is going to put politics in a better state of affairs than coming out doing things for claps and applause, like saying freedom. America is brilliant because of freedom. Yeah. Or if someone someone came out came out and said said that. Said right, we've got all these problems and stuff, uh, but we were the country to put man on the moon, and yeah. we can be the country to put man on Mars. Yeah. Well, you know, okay, well I'll vote for that guy, obviously, because none of the other guys seem to know what the problem is. I mean, you've got like that guy Ben, is it Ben Carson? He's apparently that guy's a neurosurgeon. Have you heard him talk and heard, heard him yeah, gone about stuff? No, not heard this. Guy. He's a, a Republican. I thought you were going to say Donald Trump, actually. No. But... Oh, he's. I mean. <laughs> But yeah, go on, Ben Carson. Ben Carson was, was going on about how um, you know, reporters weren't ask, were allowed to ask him certain questions or something, and then... Um, but weren't allowed to ask him. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, I think he was taking that, like, a, a bashing evolution and stuff. It's like, it's really, really... Things America's got, uniquely in the world... I uh, you know what you're going to say. The constitution and everything, and the, the, the set-up to be uh, uh, unbelievable. I mean, yeah, they put him on the moon. Yes. Yeah. You know they, they can they can do ridiculous stuff. And finally, I think more. Yeah. I think a higher percentage of people in America believe that they put a man on the moon than don't. I think that's just tipped okay. over. I think that just tipped over a, a couple of years. I think so. Read that somewhere. I mean, yeah, they've, they've got they've got the setup to, to to do things like that, but they just need, like you say they just need someone to to lead them properly, not like all these other clowns that you get. Um. Even Barack Obama, I remember. I remember seeing a, a Hitchens interview where Christopher Hitchens, um, where they asked him what he thought of Barack Obama being awarded the Nobel Peace Prize, and he says, "Well, he hasn't really done anything for peace." He says, "It would be." He says, "It would have been a lot better." He says, "He would have looked a lot better if he'd handed it back and said, I really can't accept this because I don't feel, think I've been in office or done anything worthy of, of the prize.' You know, come back." You know, to in, him in yeah. many years and so back in three we'll, years. We'll see. Yeah. So that would have instantly got him and America massive respect because you know, but instead he took it and he says it's kind of like awarding someone an Oscar in the hope that they start making <laughs> movies. It's like the doctorates, isn't it? Over here, you get kind of get an honorary doctorate. Yeah. So Jeremy Clarkson has an honorary doctorate in engineering at Brunel University because he did a talk about uh, isn't Mark Kingdom. Yeah, he probably, he probably will struggle to you know use a screwdriver the right way, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, strange, isn't it? So it, yeah. it does it does interest me whether a politician who came out and said stuff like that would be popular enough to get the vote. But yeah, if would got, the general population like, 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 understand like it? the demonisation of um, like Nigel Farage. I mean, I never I never paid much attention to it in this country, but um, I've since watched some watched some debates with him and stuff, and he's just a common sense guy. He, he says he says how many hundred and ninety countries around the world have an immigration policy where it's points based. Or, or where you know you have to go through a lengthy vetting process and things like like me and Sean will have to go yeah. through when we go to Canada. Canada. It could take two years. Yeah, yeah, we're self-employed. You know, we, we earn money and stuff, and we're not drained on the system. We'll be we'll have to employ an accountant, book cover designers, such and such. You know, all, the, all these people that yeah, I mean, maybe not employing, employing anybody full time, but you're still going to have to put money into the system. You know, yeah. have to pay tax and the rest of it. And even then, it's not just like yeah, you, yeah, come in. It's a long process, and we might not be successful. Now, that's all he was saying. He wasn't saying that, oh, no, no more immigration. But since coming back, I mean, coming down here Friday to Derby, um, 
I mean, that was coming west as well. It's not even like that busier stretch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Traffic, unbelievable. There's too many people. There is. There is. Flat too out. many people. Flat out. You know, and it's it's. And I don't agree with the argument saying, "Oh, you know, we need we need more people because that'll that'll economic growth and all the rest of it." Well, if you have seventy people or seventy million people, the needs are proportionally the same yeah. because you have seventy people working. Or seventy people in a society, certain percentage of them are working, paying taxes. Certain percentage, percentage of children, certain percentage are over. Uh, Percentages you know, are always going to be the same. If exactly. You if you get seventy million people, it's going to be it's going to be the same. Everything evens out. So the argument that oh, we need more people to, to you know, boost the economy, well, you don't because if you have if you have a static number of people, say, but then it's, 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 it's just means you have it. if you have more people, you just have a a, a larger pop of economy. It's there's the a bigger there's a bigger strain on the on the. The you know national national health system bigger strain on you know the infrastructure because it's just not it's just not built for it. I mean, we don't, I don't think we sat in traffic once in Canada, and we went out rush hour, God knows whatever time when people are trying to trying to get places. Yeah. Never I'm sat sorry, in traffic I'm once. Sorry, looking forward next year to going over. Yeah, um, it'd be really cool. But you know, but they've got that thing in place, and there's liberal government in in very liberal government in, in Canada now, but they've still got those things in place because they know that. That they want the type of people that are going to contribute to, to society. They can't just let anybody in. They can't just yeah. have an open doors policy because yeah. um, it, it doesn't. Because you're going to get you're going to get obviously you're going to get people that want to work, and you're going to get doctors from Latvia or Slovakia or wherever else. You're going to get that. Yeah, you know, you're going to get people wanting to earn more. You know, they're a doctor in Romania or something. They'll earn more in the UK. Well, if you have the, you know, if we're in the EU, they can obviously come and work and stuff. But you're still going to get a load of people that that won't want to do that. So you should just fit everybody. Everybody has to go through the points process. Australia do it. America do it. Canada do it. Loads of countries do it. So I don't know what the massive hoo-ha was that you behind him trying to do it. I didn't hear and I remember that sounds crazy. I know, yeah. And yeah, it's like I, common sense. I saw an interview with him on the BBC, and they, they he was on there to try and to try and uh, advertise his his party's. Um, uh, you know, manifesto and things and the, the policies that they were trying to go for you know the main one was that we'd spend it cost us 50 more 54 million pounds a day to be to be in the eu to pay these people that are in the MPs yeah. that the average wow. average salary is like two hundred thousand quid or something i think he was saying he gets i mean i remember he he reported that he was he was on this i think it might have been question time he said you know i get two hundred thousand pounds a year and start talking, and people are going, ooh, and booing him. So he's like, is that, hang on, he's like, that does go in my pocket. He says, I have to pay my salary, travel expenses, pay for all, all of the people that I employ, you know, secretaries, whatever, you know, and all that sort of stuff. He says, I'm, I'm completely open with it, that's what we put. And he says, I'm campaigning against that. He says, I'm campaigning to get it down. Because he says that £200,000 per person is 54 million quid a day. How many billion pounds that is a year? Jeez. But yeah, the BBC were, were sort of asking questions about Oh, um, some teachers at your school when you were sort of like fifteen, saying you were a bit of a like a tear away and all this sort of stuff. Kept asking questions about it, and he was just like, "He's like, what, 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 what relevance yeah, has that got to the conversation we're he, having now?" Yeah, she said. Yeah, she says this is scraping the bottom of the barrel. I mean, yeah. he must be nearly fifty now. Probably. Yeah. He says, you know, he says I was I was a, nothing more than a teenager. He says I've come on here to talk about our policies and to try and put. Make, Make people aware of our manifesto and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. He says you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, asking me questions about when I was fifteen or, or something. Um, it was it's really strange right. because that was a guy that was coming out and, and seemed to me to have common sense policies. You know, if, yeah. if they're, they're, they're even if you say, well, there isn't immigration is fine. That's that's okay, but you should still have a point system because everywhere else does. 
You know, no one says that Canada's like like a uh, or Canadian Liberal Party is a racist party because they have um, <laughs> because they have a point system for their immigration. No. It's I, I'm going through it. Yeah. yeah, and I might not get in. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to integrate myself into Canadian life. I speak English well enough. Debatable. <laughs> 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 right, right, well enough to, to get in. I, I'm not going to go straight on welfare. You, know, we both work and all, all the rest of it. You know, and still we might not get in. You know, I'm not. I'm not writing blog posts going, oh, Canada's racist or whatever. They won't let me in. Or, I mean, it's mental. That's their laws. That's how they choose it's to fair, run their country. It's, it's obviously yeah. it's obviously successful, so that's why they why they do it. That's why it's there. That's why um, it's in place. Yeah, like we talk, like the one eighty. You know, it's, it seems like um, I was talking to you about a guy called Douglas Murray, who's who's, yeah, yeah. who's like a, a, a gay guy. Um, he runs the Henry Jackson. It's something like the Henry Jackson Center for a cohesion, social cohesion, or something like that. But basically, he, he labels himself as a neocon, like, like a conservative and stuff. And most people think, oh, conservative, he's, a, he's you know, racist or he's against this, that and the other and stuff. Well, he's not. He's obviously equality for women, progressive values, a complete free speech, yeah. you know, sensible taxation, um, all these other sorts of things, you know, for, for your personal freedoms, personal liberty and all, all this sort of stuff. And it seems like it's kind of like, it's switched to me. It's, it's switched and you, know, you get Jeremy Corbyn, like it won't even... Won't even release like a, a, a video statement or anything on the on the Paris attacks. You know, he, d- he doesn't want to say. You know, the, the, uh, I don't know what he doesn't want. To, uh, yeah, I, don't I don't understand what how he's kind of because he's come out and said that he doesn't um, doesn't agree with um, the well again in inverted commas the airstrikes in Syria mm. uh, and has written a document to. Uh, urge other members of his political party to agree with him. Whereas most of the members of the political party don't agree with him and they're all siding with David Cameron. Because what's the alternative? I mean, what, what you just let you've Syria so burn? Deep. I mean, yeah, you've gone so deep. What, what, what else do you, you do? do? I mean, I, I know he, he said, oh, if I'm elected, I'll, I'll apologise to Iraqi people. It's like, well, uh, my ex had a, had a cousin that was Kurdish. Most of his family were killed in, in northern Iraq. He escaped, he escaped by uh, got into the UK hanging on the back of a lorry. He's doing really well now. He's got he's got a wife now over here and stuff. And, and he, he went to I think he went to uni. But he went he went to college, did a few college courses, got his English up, and he's just obviously Fly. grateful for every day that he, that he's he's able to live and stuff. And, and you know it's an absolute disaster and horrendous. Obviously, what happened to him and his family and things. Um, but like we were talking about the no fly zone. I mean, one hundred eighty thousand Kurds were killed, but you know the gas attacks. Iraq in the gas attacks. Yeah. And it's like. I mean, what you know, what you're going to apologise? What are you going to say? Oh, we shouldn't have put that no fly zone in there. But I mean, what's he going to what's he going to say? I mean, or, or well, sorry, we we were, we would have left you in in charge of like a, a, psych, a psychopathic crime family, which is what they were. Yeah, you know, I mean, was there mistakes made? Of course there is. You're talking about trying to trying to transition a country that's had thirty years of fascism and war into like a, into a democracy, where democracies aren't aren't. Aren't the the norm? They're not understood. Them. That's that. It's a difficult job. It's yeah. not going to go right. But and it's not a ten minute job. Exactly. You know, you, you can't you can't just go. You can't just give up after you and go. Oh, no, wash our hands of it. You have you have to stick to it. And you can't you can't then say, oh, well, we apologise for doing it. Well, you did it uh, regardless <laughs> of whether it was whether it was for weapons of mass destruction. See, this is another thing. If Tony Blair came out and said, or had come out and said, we were wrong to leave. Iraq in the power of Saddam Hussein in, in the first Gulf War. Yep. We should have we should have removed him earlier and tried to transition the country to a peaceful democratic system with, with free elections and all the rest yep. of it. 
we're 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 doing that now because we need to because this is why we're because doing it it's, now it's a threat because... rather than making something oh we're forty five minutes from you know disaster you, you know because they can launch weapons at us yeah. just go out and say because what's more more moral offer like saying we need to help these people or, or these people don't deserve to live under this sort of stuff anymore or saying oh well it's for our own it's for our own selfish needs people but I think are... that's the main thing as well it's it's, it's that it's that air of help. You need to be there to help all the people in Syria. We need to be there to provide aid and and support the support the government and the country, well not the particular government, but support the country when, when it is transitioning and like, if, they, like, if they're not gonna come out and say that and they're just gonna say yeah, we're just gonna bomb Syria. It's like like uh, have you heard of that woman called Ian Hersey Ali? No. She wrote um a book called uh Infidel and um, Nomad and a few other things like that. It's just about her. She grew up in, in um, Somalia, went through genital mutilation and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And was told continuously by her, her father and, and uh, other peers that the West is terrible. That all these things happen. That you know, that we, wow. we've got we've got us and stuff. She eventually escaped from that. Yeah. Always suspected that it was wasn't true. Um, became a uh, sounds like M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> became became a, a, a politician in the in the. Um, Dutch government, yeah, um, in the Netherlands, and um, yeah, it was was just like it's nothing like it's completely the opposite. I can become a I can become a powerful member of the government here, and I'm not even a, a, a native wow. Dutch woman, yeah. a Dutchman, you know. Um, so she was. Uh, well, I was going to say about this. Um, yeah, so if someone like that is able to be brought up in that kind of environment but then still become still become a very very intelligent woman that's capable of writing numerous books that's capable of debating people that's capable of speaking multiple languages and all the rest of it it's like what would, uh, do you want Syria to remain backward or remain in, in, the, in the quagmire or whatever or do you want more and more people like that to be able to escape from it or for them to build their own society up so that they're like people like this Iron Hersey Ali you obviously want the second one, obviously. Yeah. You want as many people like that as possible. Imagine her running running part of the government in Syria or in exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So it's like it's. I don't understand. I mean, if the politicians just came out and said, "Right, we want these other countries to be able to have our freedoms. We want we want people like Ayn Hirsi Ali not to have to flee Somalia to 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 improve our life or to improve the life of others or, or whatever. We want them to be able to stay in their own countries and fix them from within or whatever." It just might require a helping hand from us. Not necessarily bombs. You don't need to send jets yeah. over there to bomb and stuff. But if if the situation is is too unstable for there to be any security for vote, voting to take place or whatever, then obviously you need to provide that security. Yeah, you're not worried about knocking a cup but, of coffee over. But caning their infrastructure with bombs and stuff is obviously not the answer. You know, nor nor necessarily is a massive ground invasion. Because yeah, I mean I know whether you got boots on the ground and stuff, humans are allowed. Okay, well. Don't bomb it. You know we need the water to keep running. We need the power on. Obviously, people need to be able to work and live and whatever else. You yeah. know. Um, I don't know. That's the thing. If politicians came out and said that, the pressure for it, and people would be able to get behind it. Must them. be so much more respect if they did come out and say something like that. Exactly. Get, Especially if they said. And then, you, and then also, you won't get the media trying to draw conclusions about something they haven't said. Yeah. Because they could just they just come out and say I'd give it and say look this is why we're doing this because of this and we want this and to get this we're going to have to cut this and this and this and but is is it a certain is it because of a certain person that doesn't go into politics I don't know are, are these people do they ah. not go into politics 
is it not is it not something that they even consider? So someone like Christopher Hitchens doesn't go wouldn't be a politician because it's know, not his nature to be a politician. Yeah, not, yeah. he's got all the attributes that would make him a, a financial director has a certain personality, which is why he's a financial director. Yeah, and a program yeah, has a certain part of personality. Because so he's, yeah. yeah, so they're much more likely to become a programmer because they have certain characteristics. Because their personality whatever. leans that way. Yeah, because obviously we talk about this, but have you ever considered going to politics? No. I haven't. No. <laughs> so, because it's not necessarily what I'd want to do. I mean, maybe, the thing, maybe the when I'm older, well, I don't know. The I don't think I'm old enough yet. The, the, the politicians have obviously been at school and training and experience for years and years and years. They've got infinitely more information than we have. They have to, because they, they have to draw up the budget. Well, have they, though? Well, they must have. They must have. They must have. If they haven't, then what are they doing? They've got to have. They've got to have. Like when he, when George Osborne drew drew the budget, he's got so much information about what's coming in, what's going out, how much money is here, what the debt is, everything. Why didn't he just come out and say? Because if I haven't heard him speak much, actually, I, I, must, I reckon he must be a clever bloke. I know. I know. Um, Nick Clegg used to work. For, he used to be fact checker for Hitchens. Really, that was one of his jobs when he was when he was younger. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, but then again, I, I don't know whether he's got much person enough. That's the thing you need enough charisma oh, yeah. to be to be liked by people because you need to be liked. That's you know, yeah. people need to find you. But um, that's the thing; they, they they have eons more information than we have, than members of the public have, than the media have. And then whenever they come out and say something, that everybody says, "Oh, you can't do that." What about this? Well, we've clearly thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Don't think that we haven't thought about yeah. that because you clearly are thinking that we've just dismissed it. They're not. They're not going to go. Ah, yeah. They're not going to hold it. They're not going to put all these these ideas up on a dartboard and randomly chuck a dart. Oh, we're we'll going no. for that one. They're we're going to put money set... into education. What about NHS? What about the health system? Well, we have thought about the health system. <laughs> it's not like we've forgotten about it. It's just that for the greater good, we're going to put some money in education to bring up the next generation. I know for the sake of argument, it's just. But yeah, yeah it's, which always it's, it's always going to be the most important thing. I think we should change the subject. Politics could go on for hours. I think we could probably end up yeah. with a three-hour podcast. But yeah, there we go. If anyone's <laughs> listening, if there's any politicians out there that are just going to speak some common sense, you know, evidence, evidence-based policies, you know, all, yeah, give us why. If we want reasons why. Just go, I mean, just me, me just, and Ashley, Ashley and I. Sorry, just the way they English. just the way they say things. Just come out. And, yeah, if you if you need to. They need to raise taxes, whatever. Just come out and say, we need to raise taxes because. Because of this. Yeah. But there you go. Cool. Anyway, we've got loads on the wow. list. <laughs> we have got loads on the list. Uh, you want a new bow, which I think is hilarious because you just. Oh, no, I don't, no I, don't want, I don't want a new one. <laughs> I don't want a new one. Like, obviously, you bought this amazing bow. It's like, this is, it's, uh, it's a sensible purchase because it's the last bow I'll ever need. I'll never need another bow. And then what, does, what comes next year? Oh, no, I never, I never saw that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Well, all the all the new bows have come I'm out. Sure you, I'm sure if we go back to the podcast, you'll you'll have said it on the podcast. Oh no, I'm, I'll, I'll always keep I'll always keep a lot of them. It's um, it, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, Hoyt um, have released a new a new. Well, I, I got I got to thinking bow. they've got like a new cam system. So if if anyone's not familiar with compound archery, compound bows have a cam on the top and the bottom limb um, that basically act to uh, they let off the draw weight so it's it's you know 70 pounds draw weight when, when you're pulling it and stuff and then it gets less and less then when the bow gets to full draw the cams roll over and it, you need less energy to so, hold that to hold that bow at full draw so that's how that's how a compound bow works basically 
Um, they've somehow managed to make these new cams and new limbs that allow the bow to be longer, axle to axle, at full draw. So about uh, nearly four inches longer. So basically, the longer a bow is axle to axle, the more stable it is. So that's why target bows are 36, 37, 39 inches or so. And hunting bows are a bit shorter, sort of 30 inches, 32 inches or so. Um, so what they've managed to do is make like a, a, a target bow that is 34 inches normally axle to axle. So that, at full draw, it shoots like a 37 inch target bow, which is crazy. It just basically means you can carry around a bow that's three inches, nearly four inches smaller and have the same shooting experience, basically. I was saying. Then I, then I thought, well, why these target bows and hunting bows are almost exactly the same and you want to be as accurate as possible and what's what you know if you're hunting yeah my nitrum is 34 inches long what's what's a, you know, and that I think they call it the hyper edge hyper edge okay um, so that's 36 it's 36 2 inches but it'll be more it'll shoot like a 39 uh, inch Nine. yeah target bow now that is some ridiculous accuracy for like what and it weighs about 0.2 pounds more I mean that got me thinking why why don't people take target bows into the field and hunt with them because they must. They've got the same resilience, and they don't build them any weaker or anything. No. Um, I know they come in all different bright colours, but you can get them just in blackout and and like a brown colour and. Wonder whether it is colours. just because of the name. Yeah. Then we, then we thought, right, well, as a hunting bow. Yeah, exactly. It's probably that's probably all it is. Yeah, it is probably. All it is. Um, so no, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, well, surely if you if you wanted to hunt, you want to be as accurate as possible, and, um, and all these other sorts of things. I know. I know with three D shooting, they often use target bows just done up to look like hunting bows because obviously they want, three they want we need to do a 3D shoot well we might have on a Wednesday might we well we're going out we're doing some field shooting but that's not 3D is it that's just a target paper oh yeah of course yeah I think, yeah. There's, I think there's some 3D targets around there so yeah we're going out on uh, Wednesday we're going out shooting um, at Arden Forest of Arden it's a field course about 50 targets we're going out with a friend of a friend of ours a guy called uh, Jim Kent mm. if you have a look on YouTube you can find him in Grizzly Jim um, so yeah, we're going to go sh- out there and shoot a little bit, uh, finish off some shots on your archery book as well. Yeah, we needed some outdoor ones, didn't we? With sort of bow, bow drawing, bow exercises. Cool. Um, so Christmas coming up, obviously it's a little bit less work for me. Um, I've got a few less um, photo shoots over the Christmas period because nobody wants to bring their cars out over Christmas. Everyone wants to be getting drunk. So Tucked in, yeah. I'm not going to be doing any um, in inverted commas work um, so I'm going to try and set up I've got some some ideas I want to try and uh, do some Christmas projects um, I was wondering whether you've got any Christmas products coming up uh, I'll talk about mine in a minute but have you got any Christmas or does anything really change for you at Christmas not really I just carry on working just carry on working me. yeah I'm hoping to get obviously the archery book out at Christmas um, yeah. I might start doing some um, uh, goal setting stuff or we'll talk about that in a bit won't we uh, and then I'll just carry on writing the guitar book, basically. We'll just try and get as much information down as possible. Um, so the archery book's pretty much... Yeah, it's just dropping, dropping the photos in next week. Yeah, and then just playing around with stuff and just taking bits out, adding bits that I, that, that I need to add in. Um, that's about it, really, yeah. But it should be about 150, 160 pages, something like that. Yeah. Um, so not massive, but I need, it needs to be portable enough, you know, yeah, yeah. to use. Um, but practising a lot of guitar at the moment as well, doing at least an hour or so a day. Uh, I just try to use my time a lot more effectively. I found myself, you know, I found myself either... with so much time at the moment. It's great. I've yeah. just been on an absolute high for the last three weeks. A massive smile on my face every time I wake up. 
just got so much time during the day. Yeah. Um, I've got uh, obviously photo shoots being done. I've been working on a calendar which I've uh, I've obviously delivered to you last week. That's been yeah, selling amazing. really well. I've been making a wooden camera grip. Um, which is awesome. It's right here, isn't it? It's just, which is really here. Yeah. It's just, that's the you can't see one. this, but it's it's really smooth. <laughs> it's it's really nice. Smooth. Um, so that's a, that's a, just a little wooden grip that screws onto the bottom of a old film camera. It's a Nikon F uh, FM2. It's the uh, it's a film camera, so it's an F body Nikon. Um, and this is going to screw onto the bottom. I'm going to send this one actually to a friend of mine, a guy called uh, Matt Day over in uh, Ohio in America, and uh, hopefully he'll do a little YouTube video on it. And um, I ordered last night as well. I ordered, I designed, and ordered a little brand. So there's a company in America who 3D print a brand uh, or branding iron that fits on the top of a cigarette lighter. And then you can, uh, you can design your logo and then they, they 3D print this branding iron with the logo um, extruded by millimetres. So then you obviously light the cigarette lighter up, heat up the branding iron and wow. brandy logo onto this. So I've designed cool. that, I've uh, sent that off. Um, this... Um, camera grip is pretty much finished, it needs one more coat of oil on it and then I can screw in the little screw that goes into the bottom and uh, I can send that off when the branding iron gets here and I can brand it, so I can send that to Matt. I'm going to make another one of those for my camera over Christmas and then take some photos well, your of that one. shoot camera? Uh, no, my, my little film camera. So camera. myself and Matt Day have got the same camera, this little Nikon FM2, it's his favourite camera and uh, it's one that I had as well and I saw this wooden camera grip um, on one when I was looking to buy one, there was one on eBay uh, from Germany, and it had this wooden camera grip on it. And I was like, oh, that's quite cool. And uh, me being me, I was like, oh, I can make one of them. So <laughs> it was one of the things that was stuck in the back of my head. So um, I've got a little bit of time now, so I've, I've, I've whipped that up. And then obviously because Matt has the same camera as me, and he's, uh, he's a good guy, shoots a lot of film. And uh, I reached out to him and said if he wanted one. And obviously he said yes, because it's cool. So I'm going to send that to him. Um, I've been doing my calendar, which has been selling really, really well. I think I've got 23 left, or 100, so uh, yep, they're, they're selling really well. I've got 23 left, so hopefully they'll sell up before Christmas. I've got a few that I need to send out to uh, some of the companies that I've shot for. I'm going to Morgan tomorrow, actually. Oh, nice. So I'm going to take the calendar down there and give them uh, give them one of their calendars, the their PR guy, a guy called James. Um, I'm also doing a. So you just get. I, I don't know where the times come from. Well, I don't know where the times come. From. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm doing. I'm designing a photo book. So three years ago, I entered a photo competition. Um, a friend of mine called Jared Poland. Everybody knows him as Frono's Photo. I entered a photo competition on his website, and uh, I won two actually. The first one I won. Um, I won a camera strap. The second one I won. Uh, I won a photo book. So you can design the photo book in a place called Adorama, and then they send it out to you. So I'm currently designing that with a lot of my old film photos from when I was 10, 11, 12, 14. Um, and then, what was the other thing? I can't remember what else I was doing. I'm doing so much, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing, so, so I've got some landscape prints coming, and then I've also got a... Um, a shoot planned for as a kind of a, a, a bit of a response to all the ISIS stuff, and I'm not going to go back into ISIS. But in, I've got a, a shoot where I'm doing some portraits, um, very very tight portraits, just heads, 
of uh, would, you, would you not want to do like because that guy said oh this guy this what, where did you say that guy was from Where's North that? Africa he had like the, the uh, a different dress like a different yeah. type of dress on yeah, yeah. so we're going to I'm going to like, incorporate... do like, tor- like torso stuff yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll go a little bit lower down but we're going to do some portraits of um, uh, some Muslims a Muslim community that uh, I reached out to actually I reached out to uh, the BBC and um, they invited me onto Radio Derby, so I had a couple of interviews on there. Uh, and then a Muslim community invited me down to their Friday prayer session at a mosque. So I went down there. Uh, I'm going down there again on Friday to do some portraits. I want to do 49 portraits uh, because then we can do um, a seven by seven block of just all the portraits, bam, 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 collage, collaged up uh, with hashtag not in my name. Um, so that was that was just a kind of a little thing that kind of came up. Uh, that was in response, actually, it was in response to the anonymous uh, hackers who hacked into all the ISIS Twitter accounts and oh, they released yeah. them. Um, how many did that? How many, how many did really that? Was it like that? No, that I found 2,800 something. 2,800 ISIS Twitter accounts, which they leaked. Obviously, they, they closed them down, but then they leaked the information as well to the government. Oh, okay. But yeah. I popped that up on Facebook and I was actually quite surprised about the negative comments that it got. It was like, well, what's that going to do? So what, what what do you want them to do? This is a, a mean, group of hackers. Do you not, want them to commando? Do you want know? them to hack, <laughs> hack a drone and fly it over and shoot the guy in there? Yeah, it's not going to happen. So they were doing something that was in their power, and it just got me thinking. Well, actually, I could do a little bit of that, and also it'd be good practice for my lighting as well, and see if I can kind of nail a. These portraits have got to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're difficult, aren't they? I mean, it's yeah, silly. portraits are tough. So that'll be quite an interesting little project for me. And then also, over Christmas, I'm going to do another photo set, which I haven't told you about yet, and you're going to be one of the people. I'm going to do a, a photo set um, where the only light um, is going to be uh, a phone, an iPhone. Okay. So, obviously, everybody is living on their iPhones now and everything, so I'm just going to do a, a set of photos, probably 49 again, because it's a, a nice 7 by 7 grid. What about like um, portraits of people with their phones, and then the the phone is lighting up their phone? You want to do something like um, like maybe using phones for something not phone related, like say like because I've got like a uh, it's a very very cool program actually called um, I think it might just be called Metronome, oh Metro Timer. It's like a metronome that you used to, you used to, yeah yeah just, just oh, yeah, for, yeah. for keeping time and stuff. But it's yeah, so that would be cool. It's like a black. It's, that's the background there. There's not much light. Oh no, it's all right because I'm gonna literally. The, the, I'm, you're not gonna be able to see the, see the phone. So, uh, for instance, I wanted a photograph of somebody in a car at the wheel, with the phone in hand, with the light from the phone lighting their face. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the the only light that is in the picture is coming from. So you know when we did the the archery shoot today, and I was making the whole the whole room black, and then the only light that that the camera saw was the light from the flash. But it's exactly the same thing with the iPhone. So the only light that the camera is going to see is the light from the iPhone. So you have to do it in a very dark place because the iPhone is not very bright. So you have to do it at night time. So the bright. But way. just just the use of the mobile phone in the modern day society. So I mean, obviously we could we could definitely have you playing the guitar with one. I was going to do one with Jim shooting or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just things that things that we do day to day to show that the iPhone is never put down. Yeah. So that that's a, that's just good. a little Christmas project which I'm going to do as well. Um, what else? So much stuff. Great fun. Mm. I've got. Uh, I've, I've just bought. A, uh, like I say, I've got this film camera. So I'm going to make a make myself a grip. Now I've made one for Matt, so I know what kind of sh- size and shape it all is. And I've also improved it in my head, having made Matt's. 
Um, so I'm going to make one of those over Christmas as well. Um, yeah, cool. Really, really good fun. I'm looking forward to it. And, and I'm going to dry cure some ham. Wow. I'm going to make some prosciutto. I don't know how you say it. Prosciutto. I don't know. Prosciutto. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to make some of that. Unfortunately, it takes um, 11 months. Oh, wow. So it takes well, a so I'll be ready, ready for next <laughs> so Christmas, I need a, I need a, a leg of pork um, and lots of salt and then some uh, curing agent, uh, which you pop in there. And then you put it in, put uh, a bag of salt on the bottom of a box, put the leg of uh, pork on top of that, cover it with salt again with this curing agent-y thing, the jiggy joggy in it, uh, which is like an ammonium nitrate or something. Uh, and then you just leave it. Wow. And it just dry cures. Fab, I'm, so I'm really looking forward to that because I love, I love cured ham. That's amazing. love dry cured ham. So yeah, I made uh, honey roast ham last week. Uh, slow roasted some honey roast ham. You had some, didn't you? Did you yeah, have some? Yeah, yeah. A little bit, yeah, a little chunk of gas. So maybe it was two weeks ago, actually. I need to make some more of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that kind of set that off as well. We're gonna do the, we were going to do goal setting, weren't we? So we're going to do goal setting after um, Christmas, aren't we? Yeah, because I started one... Because we did it last year. Yeah, we did. And we raved about it last year. Yeah. Um, and I'll be the first to say that mine lasted about seven weeks. Um, a lot of things got in the way. So, yeah, this year, I'm going to bang on, bang on the goal setting. Because I can completely see how it worked. It was such a good system. Because it was more, it was more about um, habits, wasn't it? Building yeah, habits. It was so. the daily habits, which I was, that therefore, that, that then link into the goals that you set in the first couple of process, steps. Yeah. It was, yeah, fantastic. I mean, because obviously I've got, I played guitar for years, but I've never really dedicated myself to it um, to become very, very good. You know, so it, it's I kind of it's kind of like the time the time's right right to do it. Yeah, stuff, you know, I mean, the, Tom's going to be the the person probably mostly in the in the in the videos and stuff. He's playing, uh, but there's some things that I can I can demonstrate and things. I get a new camera um, um, this week, so it does videos. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I can yeah, shoot yeah, videos. Awesome. He said, yeah, I think he's just sent me a message actually an hour ago saying he's done some um, uh, done some more on that. Cool. Awesome video tests. Um, so yeah, so, so obviously the habit for that would be kind of like you know, as I need to do, uh, you know, two years time I want to be pretty proficient on the guitar and know my yeah. way on the fretboard and stuff and know where all the notes are and have all these little goals. Well, for that I need to do, okay, five minutes note location every day, ten minutes um, alternate peaking practice, yeah, uh, ten minutes legato practice, all those sorts of things. Isn't then it? There, was a, there was one thing during this year as well. I was watching. Um, because obviously I had ended up with a lot more time uh, halfway through the year, so I watched a couple of um, uh, workshops, and uh, I, I really like Creative Live. That's where I kind of, well, that's that's actually where I met the guy um, who we got the goal setting process from. Mm. So they did a habit workshop on there, and one of the things that the guy said on there was that if you want to, say, you want to practice a guitar an hour a day. You can't just put down, I'm going to practice a guitar an hour a day on a goal setting sheet. It's not going to work because when are you going to practice a guitar? You've yeah. got to be A, very specific. You've got to say, right, I'm going to practice the guitar at 8 a.m. every day. And then also you've got to say what you're going to give up because yeah. you can't try and squeeze in an hour of a guitar practice in a day because you've already, for, I mean, nobody's completely full, but in your head, you've got a lot of things to do during that day. So yeah. you might have to give up, right, rather than watching EastEnders, <laughs> rather than watching EastEnders at 6 o'clock in the evening on a Monday, I'm going to play the guitar instead. So something has to give if you're going to do pick something else up, which yeah. which kind of struck home as well. 
Um, so yeah, I'm going to. That's another thing that I'm going to do over Christmas as well. I'm going to pick up my guitar again, and um, hopefully I can be a bit of a guinea pig and. You can throw over a first couple of chapters or something, well, and I can learn away. Well, I'm a massive, I'm a massive fan. It's kind of like compound, compound interest, compound learning, that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, five five minutes a day yeah. over a month is such such time. Five minutes a day over a year is this much time, and the yeah. rest of it. Um, I'm a massive fan of that sort of stuff. Because Tim Ferriss wrote a book, you know, the, the, the four hour work week. Yeah. Uh, where he's done um, experiments after that. Whereas, can you learn something in? I don't know whether it's four hours or whether it's four hours a week. So he challenges himself, can you learn something uh, within a very, very short period of time? And it turns out you can. He's very, very good. He learned how to play the drums in like a ridiculously short period of time. He, he went and did a dancing competition and scored and, and scored really, really well and finished really, really well on it, having only danced for like two months or something. Like so a like, boring like, dancing type thing. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 boring yeah. dancing. So he did a boring dancing competition. Um, and I can't remember the figures, but it's something along the lines of just four hours a day, or probably not even that, four hours a week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you, you can do it, but you just have to kind of put it away, like compound, compound. Uh, so I think I, I've sort of looked to myself and I go, right, I, I have a certain, okay, I have a certain amount of play guitar, shoot the bow, write, read, uh, you know, spend time with the, with the girlfriend and stuff, and all these other things. Cook dinner, have to go food shopping. There's, there's certain things you, that I have to do like food shopping or whatever tidying yeah. up showering in the morning whatever it is um, then you've got things that are, this, is what, this is what I've just what I've done then you've got things that are, um, that are sort of that you have to do like have a shit in the morning kind of stuff like that yeah. <laughs> I, well I said shower but oh, right, you brought it right, down okay. <laughs> okay, shit and shower in the morning okay but you can't do anything else when you're showering but you can do something else when you're having a poo yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so well, you, we, you have things like that, but then then you have things that <laughs> kind of like Ashley, everybody's got an image of Ashley sat on the toilet <laughs> playing the guitar. That's quite terrible. <laughs> but you kind of have to do so. Okay, I have to get up and answer emails because that's what they need doing. I have to do a bit promo. I yeah. have to do yeah. whatever writing project I've got that day. There are things that okay, they're kind of like optional. So shooting my bow, playing guitar, uh, reading, writing other other stuff that's not related to work or whatever. Um, so, so that, what daily habits do you have? Because there's there's a couple of. Um, so I, well, I, I just make sure that I. What's your what's your I, daily that routine? I, that I do stuff. So when you wake um, up, because I know you wake up quite early as well. Yeah, I try. I try and I try and get up. Uh, either shower, or breakfast, or if I, if I go to the gym, which is like every other day, or maybe every you know four or five days a week, or whatever. I'll get out of the way first. Um, I'll try and get um, emails done and anything that's kind of like. I don't know what you'd call it really. Not um, you know, not negative. I forget what they call it, but it's it's not. It's me responding to somebody else. So they're kind of like in charge of what I'm doing. So if I get an email from somebody, like I've got a couple of emails there from you know, just yeah. about calisthenics stuff. Um, if I respond to them, that's uh, them initiating the the work, which is fine. But I get that out of the way first, right. so I don't have to worry about it for the rest of the day. Then I can just then whatever I'm doing then. I, Say if it's if the weather's okay, but I don't necessarily feel like shooting my bow, I'll still go and do it because I think to myself, right, nine times out of ten, I might love shooting my bow. That yeah, one time, I, think, out, oh, I can't can't really be asked. But if I do ten minutes now, twenty minutes now, two years time when I get to Canada, say, I'll just have to learn a few field survival skills and, and things like that, and learn yeah. how to learn how to hunt, and I'll be accurate enough and consistent enough to to make a clean kill. Then I can put meat in the freezer and all that. So that's what yeah. that's for. Yeah. So I'm right. I'm putting time in now. Um, 
Which, which goes back to the transparent politics. The politician is, well, why are you going hunting? I am going hunting to kill this bear so that I can provide all this meat for my family. Thank you very much. There we go. Drop yeah. Them. Also, you, you so I'm not okay. just killing a bear for the city. So, so, so factory farming, you know, takes, <laughs> takes a back step. Or I'm not cont- contributing yeah. to factory farming. Or we'll have chickens so that we have we know. That's the reason. Just have, that's right. why. Yeah. So there always yeah, always yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> so I think myself. Well, even on the worst days, if you have to go out and shoot your bow, you're still shooting your bow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Karen. Haynes, if your worst day. Like, yeah. Like Karen Haynes did that video. Like he's like, you know what sucks about shooting your bow? He's just shooting a few. It's like. Nothing. 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 Nothing sucks. Because it doesn't. So, you know, now I've got the opportunity to be doing this guitar book. I have to really get my guitar up to scratch. Yeah. And it's a, it's a bit more of a... I would have done anyway, but it's a bit more of... Okay, well, I sort of have to do it now. It's much... Yes, yeah, it's, it's ideal if I do it now because I want to be able to write this sort of stuff. And, and maybe I'm not writing... No, I'll, I'll still write a, a huge amount of the content, but I won't be doing the technical theory type yeah. side of stuff, loads of it anyway. I'll be doing the simple stuff that I know I can do. Um, but yeah, I owe it to myself and readers or whatever to be able to be proficient on the instrument. And I just want to be, in 20 years' time, I want to be proficient on the instrument, five yeah. years' time, you know. One so, so, you know, maybe I don't feel like sitting down and doing my, you know, scare exercise or whatever. guitar as well. But, yeah, exactly, you must yeah. have a smile on your face when you just get it out of the box. Exactly, yeah. And, it's, and, it, and the, the you know, scallop fairs are just oh, so nice. Yeah, actually, actually I'm going to put that. Stuff. I'm going to put that on my list. I need to. That's my Christmas project. I need to scallop my threads. Yeah, fretboard. We've got, we've got, got the, the threads. So that's what I try and do, you know. And if, if I need to, uh, obviously I need to need to train. Well, obviously I make time for training. Need to um, obviously spend time with one. We, we'll do that. Need to. So I try and spend as little time on. Wasting time on the internet or whatever, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. I yeah. need to do that for certain things to, to stay, to answer people's emails and answer questions and just keep up to date with stuff. Um, but I try and keep it to the absolute essentials. Um, things See, there's, like... there's lots of... Um, so I've, I've been trying to get uh, like a... Um, well, not really trying to get... I kind of stumbled on somebody's, well, Tim Ferriss's... Um, video on daily habits and what his daily routine was when he woke up so he did he does five things and he said he tries to get at least three of them done every day um, and then there's chase jarvis is one as well which i'll, I'll talk about both of them but um, tim ferris talks about the, the first thing that you have to do is you make your bed because straight away in the first five minutes of day you've achieved something as stupid as it sounds and as silly as it sounds you've achieved something it sets your mind up as well yeah it sets your mind up and he yeah. says that goes all the way back to the generals and the, he was talking to well, he was talking to a monk, and a monk um, um, explained it to him as well. And he said it kind of comes better from the generals in the army because they say the first thing you do when you get up, and I'm sure you can relate, first thing you do yeah, when you yeah. get up is you make your bed because then you're set and you've got your mind, mind frame is in the, in the kind of achieving uh, um, mindset already straight away. So the first thing he did was make his bed. Then he, in, in no particular order, then he um, hung for five minutes, literally just as in uh, hanging onto a bar. Um, hold, get your arms up as if you're going to do a pull-up, but you don't do a pull-up, you just hang there. He says you just hang, you just stretch it out or you're thoracic or whatever. Uh, and then occasionally, sometimes he'll do some leg raises as well. But he says he just hangs. So that's the, that's the next one. Then he makes his cup of tea. So his cup of tea, he's got a green tea with coconut oil and um, some other little bits and bobs in there. Um, what was the next thing? Then he meditated. Uh, 20 minute meditation which I still desperately need to try and sort out and figure out how to do it 
Um, it's really difficult to actually find any information, I find. Because everybody I'm, offers it, but you have to pay for it. I wouldn't necessarily like, I don't know where to start. I've tried to, I've tried to start like a visualisation exercise. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I've got a very particular... Uh, well, me and Siobhan have tried to... We both, both have more or less the same picture in our minds. We've got a very particular picture in my mind of what I want my life to be like. So that's one of Chase's one. That's Chase's yeah, So Chase I imagine Chase's myself, ones. right, okay, I... I, I it's nothing to do with money or anything. It's just with the situation yeah. and, and things like that. So we want to buy a lot of land in Canada. Yeah. Want to be, ha- be able to have like a, a house that was built that's centered around kind of like a library type study thing where yeah. you can just be creative and just, you know, whatever. Um, financially independent, that sort of stuff. And th- that's that's the day. So me and Sean lie that if we've got kids by that point, which we will, which we will have, we'll, we'll get to take them both to school. So that'll be, that'll be in the picture. Exactly, yeah. Take them to school come back we'll do whatever you want to do that day um Siobhan really wants the idea of like a little hobby farm and stuff so a few animals vegetable plot orchard and that sort of stuff um so to be a bit more self-sufficient um I can write do whatever we can both play guitar we can both go for walks or whatever we'll have dogs we're just trying to build up that picture of yeah. the place where we live as so much as possible goal. the end goal is in there exactly yeah because if, if you like I I mean I don't know if my brother does it I don't know whether he does or not. I don't know whether my sister does it either. I think I need to. I'll see them at Christmas a bit more, so I'll be able to chat to them about it. Um, but my sister's doing very, very well in 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 London. Already got her first place. Going to buy a second place to to rent and stuff. Better do that in, quickly in the, in the stamp tax that George Osborne yeah. put in. <laughs> yeah. well, I don't, I don't Why is it in there? I don't think she'll. She'll probably won't buy a house that's, that's <laughs> expensive enough to hit that. I would have thought. But um, no, it's second home, second home. Oh, it's, it's, no, yeah, yeah. second home. Um, so basically, what? I just want to know if, if she has a, right, what are you working this hard for? Do you have a picture in your mind? In 20 years, where are you going to be? In 10 years, where are you going to be? Yeah. In five years, what? what what's Because everybody's working towards something. Like, there may be a lot of people just work because it's, and they just go through the motions. Okay, well, I need a mortgage now, and I'll work until I'm 65, and I retire, and then I just, I just do, do retirement stuff. What was that? I wrote, so, see, I wrote the art, that article about inspiration. But I sort of see, I don't want that. Siobhan doesn't want that. And we have a very specific idea. Um, but in order for us to know what we have to do to get to our specific idea, we have to have the picture in the yeah. mind. So yeah, yeah. every morning when I wake up, I'm tr- I'm tr- I've tried to do that. I haven't been sticking to it this week too much. I need to, I need to talk to Siobhan tonight and we'll, get, we'll both get doing it. Um, it might seem a bit stupid just sitting there five, ten minutes just imagining obviously the day and stuff. But you need to do that because five minutes a day. Otherwise, it's like, well, I'm getting up now. Okay, what do I need to do? Well, I don't know. Exactly. If you know, if you've got that, you know the end game. If you know what, okay, five years. It'll take us two years to get to Canada. It might take us another three years to find the kind of land and area we want to we want to be in or whatever. Probably going to be the Okanagan because they have two thousand plus hours of sunshine a year. (laughs) Summers like thirty thirty five degrees for weeks on end, and enough snow enough snow in the winter they can ski for months. Obviously, makes it's the perfect place to live, isn't it? Basically, it's yeah. fucking paradise. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, quick, the, quick, quick question: snowboarding or skiing? Well, I haven't done, I haven't done either. Have so, you not? No, no. So, but you never knew that. But skiing, probably. Yeah, my skiing. parents have been, and my okay. brother and sister have been, and I've just never, I've never been around to to go with them or anything. So, oh, okay. um, they, they say skiing because you know if you try and get on the, on the chairlift, you know you've got to take one for that. You snowboard and so much what else. And if you fall down, it's always on you. It's always on your ass. Oh when you're on the snowboard. Don't fall oh, no, down. I, I Don't like fall down. That snowboard it seems a lot cooler to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a bad reason to do something. I learned to ski when I was nine, and I learned to snowboard when I was twenty-six. 
Segway was awesome. Love Segway. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I thought, well, I mean, I, it's probably enough time to yeah. do both. So, yeah, well, so, the last, the so last now, thing. now we know that we've, we've got that vision, you're like, right, okay, so what do you have to do? Well, we have to get to Canada in a couple of years. Well, what do you have to do to, to, to get to that? Get Canada, well, I've got to get, okay, well, I need my passport sorting because my passport runs out in you know, a couple of years and also I need a new one. But we're like, okay, so do that, passport's back. Now we can, we've got to put the paperwork in, got to work out exactly what the thing is. Yeah. Okay, if a kid comes along in a year, we want to be in a, just a rented accommodation or something. Uh, obviously, don't want to buy in the UK because it'd just be too much hassle to sell and, and stuff. Um, you know, yeah, uh, we want to go to Canada, right? We're going to try and find a place to rent. Yeah. Um, are we both going to be working just on our normal stuff? Yeah. Um, do we need to be close? To, you know, all these things. Just yeah. Need, you know, but it's just it's just following it back, following it back. And then if you've got the end yeah. game, then you can trace it back. And yeah. that's one of the things with this goal setting thing. Because if you didn't have an end game, it's like like I mean, maybe everybody does have an end game, but. I might, I mean, I might ask him at Christmas, but he, he works all these hours and stuff, and earns all this money. He's like, well, what's the end game? Yeah, and that's that's the argument that everybody has. I I, yeah. I work so that I can live. Well, that's that that doesn't really kind of equate. There must be a point to it. There's got to be. Yeah. There's got to be a point to the working. Because if you if you just want, I mean, there's nothing wrong with just I just want to I just want a normal life, you know, quiet life, and see a few friends at the weekend and and stuff like that. That's that that still is a goal. Yeah. Um, you know, but if, if it's to right, I want to emigrate or I want to, I want to live such, a, such and such a lifestyle or um, you know, I want to be in this position financially or I want to be, I want to be able to do this for a living at this age or you, know, you, you need you decide to write it down or have a clear picture of it in your mind um, and that's helped me out massively. I really need to sort of spend time every morning on that. Um, so I think I might, that, that can be a good thing in the shower. If you're standing there with conditioner on your hair. <laughs> Or just washing it. Waiting for the dandruff shampoo to work. Exactly, yeah. I mean, you could just stand there for... I mean, you could do that whole... Visual, visual, See, that's one thing. I don't exercise. know when that used to change. I used to spend... I used to be able to spend 20 minutes in the shower. Just in a hot shower. Just like... Uh, whereas now, I'm shower in, out, gone. Yeah. I don't know when that changed. I can't do it. I tried to do it. changed a lot. Because now you're thinking of, okay, what projects I'm going to... Before you're like, ah, pull away. I was in the David Lloyd, the little model. You've, you've gone from the Avatar <laughs> to Homo sapiens. In five years. <laughs> Bing! Yeah, brilliant. But yeah, but your, mind, your mindset just changes, doesn't it? I think it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe that is a, maybe that's a thing to do. Brushing teeth, doing your, doing your you know, daily hygiene routine, whatever you want to call it. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the time to do your business like visualization exercise no I think um, I think keep it separate I think keep that as its own little exercise I think that's really cool because then you're you're purposefully making your mind aware that you're making time for that. the end goal yeah. the end game I like that because it's kind of like uh, like I said to I said like Siobhan was a bit sort of demotivating things in the last few weeks whereas I've got I've kind of gone like the other way because I've seen like a bit of an end goal um but I said to you know, I said at the moment we're 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 sitting on a winning lottery ticket. Nothing, nothing to do with money, but we're sitting on a winning. We're in a we're in a country that you can do whatever you want, basically, like work work wise or creative wise. You yeah. know, you could, there's nothing holding you back. You know, uh, uh, you know, yeah. and all you've got to do is make sure you get up every morning and work towards it. Yeah, you can get up every morning and not work towards it. But then, don't be surprised in thirty years when you still. What the? F- I'm still in this bloody dead end job or something. I'm, st- yeah. I'm still. I'm not living. You know, I have to. I have to turn up to work on a Saturday morning. Well, you know, it, it's going to be like that, unless you, 
Unless you guys to be seen in the place. Yeah. You've got to instigate um, something to happen. And that's kind of what I, what I like. Um, uh, well, that line's from. Uh, oh, what film with Matt Damon in? Um, the Martian. No, Goodwill Hunting. Oh, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, yeah. which line? Is it, yeah, uh, uh, where um, Ben Affleck saying to his mates, Ben Affleck saying yeah. to him, you know, you're, you're, he says, you know, if you're still here in twenty oh, years' yeah, time, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll keep your ass myself. You know, he says yeah. you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket and stuff and yeah. whatever. Um, so he didn't mean that. He didn't mean financially. Just meant you, you've got the ability to do all these things. You know, and this is the thing: you don't need to be a genius to do those things. No, you no, don't. Flat out. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean both of us, we're not, we're not particularly intelligent. I didn't do very well at uni, really, because I didn't apply myself that well. I didn't um, do that well at A level and GC. Well, I didn't get a single well, A. Exactly, yeah. Never got an yeah. A. But we're both doing the things that we want to do yeah. at 30, you know, early 30s. I mean, it, it, a lot of people spend their entire lives working and don't, don't do that, you know. And we're, we're not, we, you know, we don't come from rich backgrounds, we haven't had necessarily help from anybody or, or, no. or expertise with the knowing in our family has done what we're doing no. so we can ask advice off yeah. them you know because yeah. that's sometimes that, that's well, that, I suppose that's, that's part of the reason why I like like doing this sort of stuff as well because so, so I mean space if we if we can do this sort of stuff then, if then we can do this internet if we can. can do this then anybody can <laughs> that's too dumb yeah. anybody can uh, so yeah visualisation Visualisation. Visualisation yeah. for meditation. Uh, but the goal setting thing, yeah, we'll have to do that. Yeah, we're going to do that. Right. Yeah. I think that's probably enough. I think we've probably waffled on for a good three hours. God, yeah. Uh, apologies, I don't know what the time is. I'm not even going to look until I press stop. What is um, it? I'm not looking. Oh, I can't. One hour. Oh, one hour 30. Yeah, still, that's, that's not too bad. Isn't I was thought it was going to be like one hour 50 or something. Two hours, yeah. People have turned off by now. If you haven't turned off, thank you very much for still listening. Um, I've just ordered uh, from a friend of mine. Uh, you can find her on Twitter as Jessica Bakeswell. I ordered some Belgian white chocolate and lemon meringue cookie mix. It's amazing. It comes it's, in. What would you call this in, jar? It's called a Kilner jar. Kilner. Kilner jar. Yeah. It's called a Kilner jar. It comes in a Kilner jar, uh, and it's all the ingredients all in there, all in in very neat layers. Um, yeah, it looks this very one's, cool. This one's all mixed up, but it's all kind of very neat layers. But you make them now, Chris. So they'll be ready before I have to leave? Well, they make them in 10 minutes, so we will make them after we've hung up the podcast. Cool. You basically, you beat in, beat in um, <laughs> uh, melted butter and an egg, and then throw them in the oven. Fantastic. Great idea. So yeah, go and find Jessica Bakeswell on Twitter and order. And as you know... Order some cookie mixes. And then also co- go co- to Chris Cookies <laughs> are a part of uh, calisthenics. They are. Yeah, Michigan. that's in the and, first uh, chapter, I believe. I think it is, yeah. <laughs> make sure you have enough cookies in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. No, I've been in such a good mood over the last three weeks. I don't know why. Because um, I lost a, um, a friend of mine was in the Paris attacks as well. So he got uh, he was the um, lad who was selling uh, brochures. You told me the, that. Yeah, he was the guy who was selling brochures at the... Um, uh, what, Eagles of uh, the, gig, uh, the yeah, gig? Yeah, the gig. Yeah. Um, um, called Nick. But uh, yeah, he was, he was shot, so... For Jeez. some reason, for the last three weeks, I've just been on a massive high. I don't know why. That sounds really disrespectful. What, what, did, you, what did you survive? No. Oh, fucking yeah, hell, mate. Sorry about that. But uh, I didn't know him well. I know I knew of him. He was okay, He was yeah. a friend of a friend who I have met, sort of thing. Okay, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was... So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really bizarre. You, I mean, that, still, that, that kind of just goes to show that it, it's... If people... If you think, oh, well, 
I can't be reached by this. It's like, yeah. well, it, it can do, you know, it can, it can reach by, you know, it can reach you. Yeah, everybody you can know, reach. Even, even, like that six degrees of kind of like separation, well, separation, you're going to know somebody that's going to get kind of... Or five degrees, of, what is it, five, three degrees of Kevin Bacon? I can't remember. I was listening to, that's a brilliant podcast. If you haven't listened to um, the uh, Infinite Monkey Cage podcast, it's brilliant. It's Brian Cox. I definitely have Brian Cox and someone else, I can't remember. Have you seen Brian Cox and um, Joe Rogan? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, I have listened to yeah, that. that I watched really a bit of that, yeah. Maybe. But that was where, because he's talked about Infinite Monkey Cage on that. So I listened to it, and there's one on there where they're talking about the six degrees of separation. They have Stephen Fry on there, uh, and another guy, I think it's Dave Gorman, uh, who's an English comedian. And um, they're talking about the oh, six degrees of separation. Time, yeah. Which one? Of the, week. the one where they hammer custard. They hammer custard? Yeah. Custard what, is... What a, did you watch? Custard, it, that is that, with Brian Cox hosting... Six degrees of separation, where they where they have to link these six things. Yeah, that's the same program that we're talking about, isn't it? I don't know. I've not heard the hammering custard bit. They they basically uh, custard come, falls under a certain category of, of uh, solids or matter, yeah. like a, a class of matter, where um, so if you if you, if you yeah basically they took a hammer and hammered it and it it, it, it resists it. it it goes solid all of a sudden oh like okay a, yeah, like yeah a bit the of elasticity of it yeah yeah it's crazy, oh, wow. <laughs> crazy. it's the weirdest thing because like physically it doesn't make sense you watch it and you're like that's there's something wrong with that you know because it doesn't look like it obeys the laws of physics as we right. know okay you know, so like um, a, a really thick custard no it's not a thick custard it's, no, it's, it's thick what, custard. watery it's watery wow like, like that. whack it with a hammer I'm doing that we're going to make it. is that going to yeah. that's, that's actually fake isn't it it's, it's really not. It's just, really not. You're just doing it to get really everybody not. who's listening let's see, let's see if we can, to make a bowl of custard and smack it with a hammer. Um, no, we'll get everybody to find it. So yeah, it's the five uh, six degrees of separation. It was a uh, podcasting, and then they did the um, degrees of uh, degrees of Kevin Bacon. And anybody who's worked in Hollywood can link themselves. Or, well, pretty much anybody anybody in the world can link themselves to Kevin Bacon uh, in six steps. Okay. Or so many, so many steps, and you, sure, have, you, have, anybody. you have a Kevin Bacon number. So Stephen Fry has a Kevin Bacon number of one because he worked with him in a film. But therefore, um, Brian Cox has a Kevin Bacon number of two because he knows Stephen Fry. Right. Okay. So it's like they were giving everybody a Kevin Bacon number. It was. It was really funny. I, so, I, 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 mine's probably two as well because I like bacon, and bacon <laughs> is Kevin Bacon's second name. <laughs> Okay. Well, well I, you can work out your let's own. see if yeah. I can do this because I I know the uh, stunt lady. Um, I have photographed the stunt lady who was in the new Spectre film. She has clearly been in a film with Daniel Craig. Has Daniel Craig been in a film with Kevin Bacon? Daniel Craig has been. Has he been in a film with Stephen Fry? Who was in? No, I'm trying to think. Vinnie Jones. No. Uh, who was in? Was was it, in wasn't he? Wasn't he in Snatch. one of the James Bond films? Stephen Fry. The Stephen Fry and James Bond film. Was it? Was it like one of the sort of Q or M or I don't know? Oh Q no! What, he, wasn't, oh. He, wasn't he one of the, like the, the the bods downstairs? No, he was, or... wasn't he? Was he? I think sure he was, was in the last one. Yeah. Oh, so I've got a Kevin Bacon number of four. There you go. There we go. It's not as good as my one of two, but yeah. Well, does you... that count? <laughs> I, I like know. Bacon. You've actually got five because you know me. But there yeah, you go. So... Yeah. <laughs> so everybody has a Kevin Bacon number. There we go. But yeah, I sort of, sort of thought that was. So comment on your Kevin Bacon number. And we'll, yeah, send us a, send us a, send us a, a tedious link of your Kevin Bacon number, and we will uh, retweet it. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of which, if you can find us, we we are still on Twitter. It's Polymath Cast, I believe, 
Yeah. We're going to try, yeah, try and do them whenever we can. It's just, uh, yeah. I'll be getting back to, back to a small run, um, which is quite a way. Well, maybe if you're up on Friday, on Wednesday, we do a shoot on Wednesday, maybe we should record one then and release it next week. Yeah. That would be a, that would be a good thing. And then, uh, obviously, over Christmas, I'm sure we can get together. Well, um, yeah, my friend Katie was saying she's trying to organise a bit of a, like a David Lloyd's, David Lloyd's drinks night type thing. Um, but that was, on, that, that, was on, that was on Friday. <laughs> well, I think she just wanted to get to know some people from the gym a little bit, oh, okay. a little bit better, you know. Um, so uh, she still go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever met. Oh, I have met her because we went to the fireworks, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have met her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah she, yeah, she says about a book idea that she's had, which sounded really oh, cool. awesome. I can't, I can't tell you because it's, it's still she hasn't really started it yet. Oh, it's, it. I'll tell you afterwards. Yeah. But I can't tell, can't tell you. The, can't the, tell the, the internet. Bit. It's very, very, very cool. Um, I but I don't think she was a bit kind of like oh well I don't know if I can I don't know if I can do it or whatever and, and she sort of talk, I was like it's an amazing idea it's like if you do it and you never publish it or whatever you haven't lost it it doesn't matter it's, yeah exactly you've written a book that's what you there we go so everybody has a book in them I want everybody who is listening to this to send us a tweet and tell them tell us what your book is what book if you well when you write a book what is the book going to be about you don't have to be able to write it no. You just have to, th- okay, well, I think I could write this. Or I reckon maybe I could write a book or... about macro photography. I reckon I could write a book about why water is in bottles. I don't know. Write a novel about Something pineapples like and fish. <laughs> I think we'd better stop the podcast there. Right, spot on. Thank you very much, dude. I'm going to put some cookies in the oven. We've Thank you very much. We've got 40 minutes till I've got to leave. That's plenty of time. Plenty of time to cook. And eat all the cookies. And play a bit of guitar. Fantastic. And play a little bit of guitar. Right, guys, thank you very, very much for tuning in. And we will see you anon. Thank you very much. Where's stop? Dink.